You're not going to be the Richard. It's like, oh, need a new pair of pants. Well, <laughs> Hi there. Welcome to the Risky Business Podcast. My name is Kath Welbley. And I'm Richard Schusler. Thanks for joining us for our active shooter discussion with Sergeant Sean McGuire with the St. Louis County Police Department. What are some additional resources besides, you know, obviously, you know, a couple videos on YouTube or, you know, maybe even the FBI? Uh, maybe they want to do more hands-on training. Uh, what What are some options for, for folks out there? Yeah, so the, there's a lot of different kind of private security companies that, that can come out. I, I recommend um, just an option-based program and really sit down with whatever company that they find or, or see and really have a pre-meeting on what the goals of the training should be mm-hmm. um, and what, what you're going to put your employees through. And I really think that should be filtered. Um, and I think you should have a game plan of what type of training you're looking for. You know, with, with our company that, that I do the side business, the side work with, with Century Security, um, the, we kind of start off slow with them. You know, maybe a, maybe a quick presentation of a PowerPoint of just talking about active shooter, kind of what we're doing today, mm-hmm. just for an employee type of discussion, just so they start thinking about those types of situations. And then maybe it leads to actual reality type of hands-on training of, of this company coming in to show their employees what options they have, show them the different options they have within a room of how to barricade a door. Um, this one's tough because you have windows right yeah. here, right? Um, so every room is set up different, and it'd be a lot better for that company to really come in and do hands-on training with their employees of showing them the how to do, are. yeah, how to yeah. do stuff. You know, just because a lot of it's going to be difficult. Um, there's certain businesses that can't lock doors. You know, think of schools. Yeah, schools don't have locks. They have locks and doors, but they can't lock them based on fire code, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of them have the teachers that have keys that have to lock them. They don't have like a push button or anything else because of fire code and, and those types of things. Well, guess what? In a stressful in- incident, they have how many keys on yeah. the keychain? Right. You know, right. they're, they're trying to fiddle through and it, it re- they realize that they can't do that. So they have to rely on just barricading their door and really certain ways how to do it. When we first walked into a teacher's classroom, uh, teachers are very good about decorating their room, right? The way they want yeah. it. Um, a lot of them we had the heaviest bookshelf all the way in the back corner away from the door. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Before we left, that bookshelf was right next to the door because then that they knew they were able to shove that bookshelf with the help of a few of their kids possibly in front of that door. Mm-hmm. And we already, we already helped them right off the bat just yeah. with one visit. So it's those types of companies that really do your research on people that know what they're talking about and really want to help people with setting up their business and really, you know, maybe changing some things around them, how the layout is or or, or what their policy is on how to respond to an active shooter. So, well, and know, I feel like it's employees... Me, it's me coming in yeah. and, and maybe with another couple officers if we do it, the actual interactive training. Um, you know, we're there for a couple hours. It's it's an hourly well, type of thing. Well, I think employees of what made, see more you know. and more this stuff on TV, and I think I don't think anybody you know necessarily thinks it's going to happen at their place of employment. Exactly. But it's also it would be nice to know, yeah. especially. I mean, we do have a lot of glass doors. We have a, yeah. it's a very open space. It yeah. would be nice to know a few things of where should I go yeah. or yeah. I think even happens. starting with the actual presentation of things, right? Of actually, because yeah. I mean, this type of stuff. I always welcome questions when this 
everyone has like that what if, right? And it's tough to play the what if game because yeah. anything can happen yeah. in any of these instances, right? And I can't tell you what what's really hard to teach people is nurses and teachers are the two main people that we that we try to teach and instruct with these types of situations. There's no right answer. Yeah. And that's hard for them to deal with, you know? They're a teacher, so they have they grade tests, they grade questions, quizzes. They know there's a right answer and a wrong wrong answer. Well, the active shooter, there is no right answer. Yeah. They, a lot of teachers and a lot of nurses want, hey, what should I do when right. this happens? Yeah. Well, it depends on where you're at and what's going on. You know, you have to make a decision based on what that situation is. Yeah, it's tough to put in a procedure manual like that's how great. to respond. Yes, right. it is. It's very tough for businesses, and that's why option-based programs are the way to go. And to offer and even send the video out mm -hmm. first of the run, hide, fight video, so it. People can click on it, watch it, you know, four minutes and fifteen seconds or something, and they can say, "Oh man, well, that's kind of interesting." You know, maybe maybe I'll start just taking a look around the office to see what I would use as a weapon. You mm -hmm. know, because you'll see in the video they take a fire hydrant out. Mm -hmm. Well, heck, that's a hell of a weapon. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you ever seen a fire uh, fire uh, hose or a extinguisher go off, but it is. I mean, it if creates a shooter, huge mess. If a shooter yeah. can't yeah. see, yeah, it's like you know what I mean. Yeah, like right. you're in a hallway, you can spray that at him, and he's. I mean, Distract, yeah, he's distracted. Yeah. You know, um, I would say cleaning spray. If you're that close, where let's say he's trying to get inside of a door, chemicals right in his eye. Yeah, you know, I mean, little stuff like that that people really don't think about, but that'll probably stun him or her very, you know, very much so in in order to save your life or someone else's. So. Um, those are the types of things that are in the presentation and kind of hands-on stuff of stuff you can use at your desk um, setups of rooms um, the glass part is very tough yeah. uh, the hospitals that we go to like the biggest thing is is installing like curtains you know and, and being quiet type of thing and I don't know if like the FBI does like training at like the federal courthouse Department of Homeland Security has done so in the past when I was on the SWAT team we actually trained out at Scott Trade Center it was like a Sunday morning, just because nothing was going on. They try to pick days where it's not affecting anybody, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but they picked an active shooter inside Scott Trade Center. So it was kind of like a multi-jurisdictional effort and response where we trained to see how it went. So they had like actors. They had like little high school actors that had like blood all over them. And, and they were roaming the hallways to make it difficult for officers. You know what I mean? They, yeah. So it was, it, was, it was cool just because that was a lot of the different agencies showing up mm -hmm. on how they would respond. And then it, would, it went to the medical aspect of getting, you know, the, the EMS personnel in. It went to the, it even went to as far as the ambulances transporting them to hospitals. Because if you think about it, what hospital is going to be able to store, yeah, you know, two hundred people that come in with, you know, you know, uh, yeah. gunshot wounds. Yeah, when well, they only have you like twenty five, even even let's beds. say ten. Yeah, you know, ten, they're going to have to spread out their response yeah. of where they take victims based on hospital staff, on their regular stuff coming in, on top of this yeah. mass casualty type of stuff. So. They do that periodically. Mm. It's very tough to get every agency yeah. involved in that, like every year. Yeah. Um, so they do kind of those those regional training, mm. you know, aspects. We're having our our MagTech training is, is again this year where it's we do airsoft. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's just people having toys and fun, right? Well. Training's a lot different when you know something's going to be hitting you, yeah. <laughs> and then you have a projectile weapon, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like a paintball thing. Like it hurts when you get hit with a paintball, yeah. right? 
But have you ever been paintballing? Uh -huh. yeah. you, your stresses kind of get up. Then. Yeah. 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 So imagine if you went paintballing and didn't know you were going to get hit with paint. That would be kind of boring, wouldn't it? So if you have a fake gun in your hand and you know no one's going to hit you with anything, are you going to take training seriously? Right. Yeah. You know, but all of a sudden if you have an airsoft mask and you can't see anything and you're breathing heavy and your heart rate's up right. and all of a sudden you know someone out there is going to shoot, shoot at you, yeah. you're going to take training a little bit more seriously. It's going to get that heart rate up. You're going to see how your body responds. You're going to try to control your breathing, all that type of stuff. So we do that on a yearly basis. It's very fun. Some officers hate it <laughs> just because, you know, they think, you know, the bad guys are just going to shoot them and be, you know, uh, just ignorant on, you know, how much they yeah. get hit and all that stuff. But it's usually the SWAT team that trains all of our departments in that area. But it's realistic situations. You know, it's, it's somebody that... You know, a call comes out on the radio and there's one active shooter in a business. Go, go, go get them. Yep. And so we have a radio blasting. Um, we, we have like the fire alarms going off. We try to throw officers Jeez. off yeah. just so they have to really try to focus on. Just make them as stressed out yes. as possible. Yep. And then yep. shoot them. Yep. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, we do that training. Um, so really the the goal of it was to really train us first and that's why it started in 2010 once we got all of us trained it was it was an important aspect to start reaching out to schools because that was the next biggest thing of target areas and then after business after that we went to businesses and said hey you know you got to start looking at what you need to offer your employees just to keep people safe so um like i said we're one of the better ones in the region in the really across the, the nation i mean if you think about it with the Florida incident that just happened. I mean, there was officers that didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, I just saw today that two SWAT team officers from a different county are getting suspended because they went to the school without their permission or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, just not following protocol. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, these just guys are just trying, to, just trying to help kids, yeah. you know, and you're gonna suspend them, I'd be, I'd be so mad, yeah. you know? These, this Broward County stuff of them not going into the building is terrible, mm. you know? But, you know, people, guys are humans. Yeah. And, and I think the, the school resource officer, the first one that came out, he was 57 years old. He probably had that self-realization moment that he's almost retired and he didn't have confidence in his ability. Yeah. You know, and, and he needs to retire. You know, he's not a policeman anymore. But um, that type of stuff, you know, we just don't know how these people are going to respond. Yeah. And including officers because... People are human, you know. Mm -hmm. We can train and train and train and, and really try to make it realistic, but we just don't know how people are going to respond in a real situation. I feel mm -hmm. like you throw me as your shield. <laughs> but in just in case. case. <laughs> I love you, shield. <laughs> come on over here. Yeah, come yeah. here. Come close to me, Kat. A lot of people kind of have that, you know, like, what do we do? Yeah. With a lot of these problems just seem to have like popped up so much. Well, and, and with social media, it's everywhere. I mean, as soon as you have something like that going on, it's popped it's up viral. on Snapchat yep. or Instagram. And yep. I think people also are starting to get a little bit more concerned. Yeah. yeah. Biggest aspect to, to get across with this is contact the police. Yeah. You know, and if you're, whenever in doubt, call 911. You know, and, and explain what you got. If it's not in a total emergency, call have a precinct. You know, wherever wherever company you're located at, have the department or precinct that you're in the non-emergency phone number, yeah. and just ask for advice. You know, for a desk officer, those are all police officers too. Of saying, hey, we got this, and you know, I'm worried about. You know, he's kind of suspicious right now. I don't know what he's going to do after he does this. Yeah. Or he looks like he may try to steal something, or just get start getting us in route. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, no that problem. was very informative, very helpful. Good. I mean, I really. 
YouTube now. Sure, we'll see you on TV yeah, making that announcement. I know that guy. <laughs> usually, usually talking about something I know very that bad. Guy. <laughs>